Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist of the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined, as always, by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get the Talking Tide podcast at any of your favorite podcasting apps, including Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on Twitter at Talking underscore Tide. Get links to all our podcasts right there. Our web host is Megaphone.com or as well on YouTube and Facebook. I want to thank our sponsors, Peterbrook Chocolatier, North River Dental Associates, and of course, DraftKings. More on them a little bit later in the program. Travis, uh, we dive uh, into this abbreviated edition of Talking Tide. We'll, we'll be a little quick with this one. Uh, I am uh, coming to you, uh, coming to you from the Music City, Nashville. I'm uh, in a hotel lobby up here uh, for about a day and a half. Going to knock uh, some golf balls around to support uh, my daughter's soccer program. Uh, but uh, excited to be with you, Travis. Second scrimmage in the books, the Crimson Tide. Now just a week to go uh, in spring practice. A day, of course, next Saturday. And uh, as of this week, though, uh, two, two scrimmages down, uh, one to go, one big one to go. Yeah, the one that uh, certainly everyone who wants to get a better look at this football team is anticipating, no doubt about that. I think you had a little bit of uh, an open nature to Saturday's scrimmage than maybe even the week before uh, in terms of attendees that were actually at Bryant-Denny Stadium. But this last one, we all get a glimpse, good bread, of this 2022 football team that still could be undergoing some some changes as we move into the summer months. Particularly, I would think, on offense after Nick Saban's comments of Saturday. Saban spoke for a little less than eight minutes following the scrimmage, which is probably about normal for a Nick Saban press conference. Uh, and it was pretty clear, Travis, he was not pleased with what he saw on the offensive side of the ball. He mentioned, not all at once, but at various times across those eight minutes, he mentioned penalties, turnovers, drops, pass protection. Uh, what, what else What else do we, is there to talk about, right? I mean, it, it's uh, uh, he, he, he clearly thinks there's a lot to clean up on that side of the ball. Yeah, it still sounds like spring football in a lot of ways, doesn't it? Especially in some areas where you knew this team had some areas uh, that it needed to address. But um, as much as anything, you like hearing a clean injury report, at least from what he is able to disclose in that abbreviated time that he spends with the media following the scrimmages, following the weekly update that he does during the midweek practice front time frame. So that's the biggest thing right now. I still think, yeah, offensively, uh, pass protection, as you mentioned, um, receiver spots. Once you get beyond Jermaine Burton, there's been some good things that you've heard about, some first and second year guys, maybe even a third year guy or two. So there's been some positives, but depth building a big part of this time of year as well. And I know he's got some concerns in that regard, specifically maybe more with tight end than just about any other position on this football team. He mentioned that as well. Yeah, they're really only working with three tight ends. Kendall Randolph has not played a lick of tight end in the spring. Uh, they're working him exclusively at, at offensive tackle. Uh, we'll get to the offensive line here in just a second. But, yeah, it certainly sounds like Jermaine Burton is, has kind of taken somewhat of a command over this wide receiving core, at least in terms of day-to-day -day production and reliability. 
uh, at, on the practice field, on the scrimmage field at Bryant Denny, what have you. Uh, the running back situation, I think, is going to be just fine. Uh, there, there's there's a clear level of excitement in the building for not only Jameer Gibbs, but uh, there's some positive thoughts about the returns of McClellan and Roydell Williams for sure. Uh, the young freshman running back uh, made a couple plays in the scrimmage. Running back position ought to be just fine. Uh, but uh, the, the wide receiver spot and the tight end spot, both areas where Nick Saban wants to see things gel a little bit. Yeah, once you get uh, Ja'Cory Brooks back in that mix at wide receiver, you got to think that's going to help some things. But uh, it is good to have a program vet at this point. I think that's the way you can refer to Trayshawn Holt right now as kind of that sort of guy. Um as maybe more of a three through five option than a top two in Trayshawn Holden, but JoJo Earl back for a second season. He's healthy. Aaron Anderson comes on the scene. Kendrick Law comes on the scene. You know, they're mixing and matching a little bit right now, but absolutely having that number one guy identified in the spring uh, is important. That's what Jermaine Burton's given them. And, you know, we'll see how they feel about that situation overall after spring because it was at that time a year ago that they went into the portal even though they already had John Mechie. John Mechie right. wasn't enough to keep them from going in the portal after spring practice last year. So it'll be interesting to see that approach. But tight end, Robbie Utes is a young guy that um, physically impressive, a little bit of a retro look to him at about 260 pounds, but a better athlete than he probably or a lot of folks – folks might imagine and um you know you know what you got in kendall randolph if, if you want to put him in there and and, and and that keeps to being a thing in 2022 uh that's fine but because you've seen that for a couple of years now he, he knows the deal there and nick saban is always going to have a kendall randolph on the roster and maybe only one but uh whether you go back to brandon green or whoever who is the same type of player or, or whoever Travis Nick 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 Saban wants one of those kinds of guys uh, that maybe he can flop a little bit between uh, tight end and tackle maybe the maybe a tight as a tight end in short yarded situations etc uh, so something to watch there for sure as for the aforementioned offensive line Travis Nick Saban uh, earlier this week uh, said that the tackle guard fluctuation in practice has not slowed at all. Doesn't sound like it's going to slow next week either. Uh, It's been more a function of numbers uh, and and trying to uh, move guys around. You know, some of these guys are playing, have a role on the first team and the second team, or they have a role on the second team and the third team and a different role at each. That's how they're kind of filling and plugging the gaps. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, as you said, there's a couple, three guys that are out for the duration of spring. We knew about Darian Dahlcourt and Emil Echior primarily when you talk about starter types that are out this spring. So numbers become an issue. And, um, you know, typically you'll see a couple of early enrollees. We saw it last year, right, along the offensive line. That helps your numbers in the spring where offensive linemen are concerned. And I know there's some walk-ons that are filling some gaps for Alabama right now. But, yeah, with the injuries and just the overall situation as it sits right now, that's a pretty low number for Alabama. Uh, When you talk about the guys up front, they had some guys leave the program in the offseason, some guys that you had been able to count on 
like a Tommy Brown in the past, right? He was one of those guys three or four years in the program. You play him at guard, play him at tackle. Right. They don't really have that luxury right now, but there is some help on the way. The Red Elephant Club birds were singing a little bit <laughs> Saturday afternoon, Travis, as they tend to do. Uh, signals uh, the arrival of spring every year, those birds. That's exactly right. They flew, they flew south. They're back. They're, they're, they're headed back north a little bit after yeah. a long winter in South well, Florida. The, the song they were singing after Saturday's scrimmage was that that offensive line up front uh, had first team anyway, or at least the first group that, that took the field. Kendall Randolph at left tackle, J.C. Latham at right tackle, uh, and your interior uh, Cohen, McLaughlin, and Damian George, uh, who seems to be getting a lot of action at that right guard spot. Based on Saban's comments, I don't necessarily think we could trust much of that, uh, especially in light of the, the, the two guys sitting spring out that you made note of. But for what it's worth, uh, it sounds like that's what things looked uh, like up front to kick off uh, the festivities on Saturday. Yeah, and just about all of those guys have – cross-trained except for McLaughlin other than the center spot JV and Cohen's worked at guard and tackle um Damian George obviously has worked at guard and tackle uh Kendall has worked at guard in the past during his time at Alabama he's at tackle JC Latham finished last season at guard now he's kicked back out to right tackle so absolutely a lot of cross trainers uh, but I think I still came away wondering you know, do they really feel like they've identified even one starting caliber tackle at this point, let alone two, which is what they need? And going back to the Tyler Steen situation, which we thought would have come to a conclusion at this point, I guess, but um, still some intrigue there in terms of, you know, who exactly not just one of those guys are going to be uh, come Utah State in early September, but two of those guys. Defensively, Travis, obviously uh, that side of the ball kind of flexed a little bit on a day when the offense struggles. Obviously, the defense will uh, look good. And to that end, you, you, you never know how much of these offensive struggles you hear about should just be a tip of the cap to that defense. Uh, a more experienced group has some holes to plug themselves on that side of the ball, does Pete Golding. Uh, however, so a lot of interceptions, it sounds like, uh, from Saturday, at least a couple of those, apparently the result of deflections, drops, what have you, on the offensive side uh, that uh, kind of kind of made things a little easy, I guess, on the secondary turnover-wise. That being said, um, a lot of excitement for this pass rush, for sure. And uh, apparently there was a, a look – uh, flashed and scrimmage work Saturday that, that had Anderson, Dallas Turner, and Braswell on, on the field together uh, in a uh, – I guess maybe that's your dime rabbits picture. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that sounds like a pretty exciting uh, trio in terms of he Bras, – Braswell can get after the quarterback too. Yeah, and that's something that we typically won't see on A-Day, by the way. We'll see nickel and base pretty much no matter what. Um so I'll be surprised if they tip much of that this Saturday, next Saturday coming up in the spring game, uh, because we usually don't see dime rabbits much. And so that's totally, totally uh, fathomable, though, 
when you think about those three guys, and Chris Braswell has continued to put on the needed weight uh, in bulk. The, he came to Alabama at about 220 a couple of years ago. I think he's up to near 240-ish now. So, you know, that's a good thing. But, yeah, they're going to have their best three sort of pass rushers between the linebacker positions. You know, some years it's an inside linebacker that they still use in that look. But, you know, if they got three outside guys that can get after it, they'll put them all out there together. Going to be an exciting look if that's what we end up seeing a little bit of this fall. There's no question about it. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, moving on to thank a couple of sponsors uh, right here and now. I'm first going to tell you about North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley, that fantastic job uh, he does over there at 1100 Fairfax Park. It's right off of Watermelon Road, conveniently located. Get your teeth cleaned twice a year like you should. Anything more extensive than a routine cleaning, they got you covered, whether it's the porcelain veneers, the cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry, endodontics, they're doing all of that. Also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments. As a matter of fact, uh, I believe this Thursday, uh, they're gonna be doing a round of those. So you can pick up the phone, maybe make an appointment for that. Tighten up those facial features with the Botox or the Juvederm at North River Dental Associates. Also the teeth whitening services, Got to check those out as well. But the phone number is 752-3506 or visit NorthRiverDentist.com. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North because we are counting down the days now to Easter 2022. And, of course, when you talk about the traditional Easter basket on Easter morning, they're going to be able to fill that up for you right there. At Peterbrook Chocolatier, hey, they've got some different things, too. They can put a slightly different twist on that Easter basket of yours. If you have a basket that you would like supplied, filled, bring it into Peterbrook Chocolatier. They'll load it up with Peterbrook Chocolatier goodies for you and take that part of the equation out of it for you. Right there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, 205-752-0211. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Also, finally going to tell you all about DraftKings, our corporate sponsor, TPPN, the promo code. You see it right there if you're watching on YouTube. Use that promo code when you sign up for the DraftKings app. And uh, another big deal this week coming your way. The NBA playoffs uh, coming around the bend. The official sports betting partner of the NBA DraftKings offering new customers $5. Uh, if you bet $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets instantly. Cannot beat that deal. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game uh, during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly if you get that W, Travis, with that DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right, just a couple of more minutes left to go here in this podcast. Travis, thought we would tackle the transfer portal news of late around Alabama, which is a mouthful right now <laughs> as we head into uh, the second week of April. We'll start with Jai Hall, the Alabama wide receiver, uh, off uh, to who knows where, uh, but after a suspension 
first a removal from the online roster. Uh, and, and obviously, who knows when the suspension went into effect. But a day after that, he disappeared from the roster. Nick Saban went to the mic uh, and announced a, a suspension for uh, the sophomore to be. And uh, I guess just a day after that, news uh, that uh, Jai Hall, the uh, highly regarded four-star recruit from Falrico Bloomingdale High School, is going to be moving on. Yeah, I don't think a surprise to anyone at that point. And, you know, we see guys come and go from the online roster. Sometimes you wonder if it's just uh, oversight with Ajay. Uh, when you got word of that, you figured that's probably not an oversight, unfortunately, for a guy who had been in the program for just a little bit more than a year. Uh, kind of fell in line to the mostly downturns that he had throughout his time at Alabama. So you, know, you consider the physical attributes. He's got everything you look for in a high-level wide receiver, but uh, the situation just never sort of came together between himself and the Alabama football program. And look, you know, we can all sit there from 10,000 feet and look over the situation and say, man, how does a guy a year into it sort of allow for it to become untenable uh, at that point? But you know, Alabama's not for everybody. And all the success, all the guys in the NFL, uh, end of the day, it happens. And, uh, you know, like everything else, you know, Nick Saban, Alabama's going to have a plan and keep moving forward at that position. News to me, Travis, was the tweet from Hall after it was reported that he was oh. off the team. I guess he's got the news now, uh, but that was odd. Well, the you know, we've talked about this in the past. Um, the suspension thing with a lot of guys, you know, you started covering Alabama in 2007, right when Nick Saban came on to the job. And, and we both seen situations where guys had been suspended 12, 13 years ago. And we never really heard anything for sure about, you know, uh, finality to the right. situation. They just kind of stayed suspended forever. But, um, no, we did get that closure with uh, a guy who has since entered the transfer portal and, you know, it underscores the the need that was there to go out and get a Jermaine Burton, not just in terms of the physical attributes and the document and production, but uh, the tone setter that he can be for a group that is still going to be largely inexperienced and young during the upcoming season. Yeah, Nick Saban seems to have two tiers of suspensions, right? The, if you're on tier one, uh, there's a path back. And if you're on team, if you're on tier two, uh, it, it seems like the path always leads away from the capstone yeah. for you. So, uh, and Nick's uh, comments last Wednesday night when he was followed up by his statement in his opening remarks, in which he disclosed that Ajay had already had an opportunity to come right. back one other time. Right. That told you exactly what tier I think uh, Ajay had assumed, and maybe even a third tier. That is, uh, it's like player one and player two. Yeah, turn around and walking back to the dugout. All right, Tyler Steen, who you mentioned uh, before the break, Travis, the, the Vanderbilt transfer, touching on him really quickly. Like you said, uh, it's been kind of a delayed announcement. When he took his last uh, visit, if I'm not mistaken, the word was it was going to be seven days. I think it's been 14 plus now, if I'm not mistaken. Tyler Steen, uh, looking at several schools. 
Uh, we'll see what happens there. Basketball moving along quickly before we get out of here, Travis. Uh, some transfer portal news there. Juwan Gary on his way out uh, now becomes the fourth Alabama player to enter the transfer portal. Coming in, however, is Mark Sears, a guard from Ohio University, 19 and a half points a game, six rebounds a game at 6'1", Travis. 6'1", is is uh, not much size to be getting six rebounds a game. That kind of jumped out at me a little bit when I was looking at uh, the production he had for Ohio this past year. Yeah, and Alabama, as we know, one through five, there's sort of a collective effort on the glass with these Nate Oates teams, it seems like. Even with a seven-footer in Charles Bediaco, you do see guys like J.D. Davison uh, this past season. Uh, hit the boards pretty heavily. Keon Ellis, guys like that. But looks to be a nice pickup in Sears, initially from North Alabama, originally from North Alabama, so coming home for Mark Sears. And, you know, more of those lead guard types. Can play on the basketball, but he can also score and, you know, bring you some different things. The Jawan Gary departure, uh, that one kind of bothered me a little bit. Not because I think he'll go on to somewhere else and be an All-American. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll be... You know, follow a path like Braxton Key um, that we talked about last week. But uh, I, I like that he was gluey in some ways. Mm-hmm. Didn't always get to show it. Had injuries a couple – had a big injury a couple years ago. Had an injury this year. Um, last season, uh, the Sweet 16 seasons, when we, I thought, got to see more of the Jawan Gary we expected to see. But it's just part of college basketball these days, man. I mean, you look at programs around the SEC, it seems like four, five, six guys at just about every place there's turnover. And that's that's in addition to seniors and you know early departures to the professional ranks. It's – it's 70, 80% of the roster, it seems like, everywhere. Just turn it over. Basketball's unreal. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's, a new, it's a new team every year, pretty much, uh, if things don't go well for you in the transfer portal. Deadline, by the way, coming up, Travis, May 1, just uh, another three weeks, roughly, uh, for these guys to get their names in the portal if they're going to be eligible for the coming academic year. Uh, so, naturally, Travis, at this time of year, they're all coming out and uh, – uh, the 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 destinations will come out later. Right now, we're just hearing about a lot of exits. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, it really is. And you know, Gary's the latest, but you had three others before that. So uh, interesting to see where all these guys end up, and you know how Alabama goes about backfilling. Nate Oates, Brian Hodgson, Antoine Petway, Charlie Henry. They're still very much in the evaluation and. Uh, recruitment stages of, of transfers so yeah check back in june right yeah. we should have a little better idea what that roster next season is going to look like that's going to do it for this edition of the talking tide podcast want to thank our listeners for joining travis and i on the sunday nighter be sure to join us next weekend travis and i will recap uh, the alabama a-day scrimmage next sunday night looking forward to that here on the talking tide podcast on the pigskin podcast network We'll talk to you then.